six of the twelve minor prophets. So uh, this is quite a chapter. And uh, someone has said it's second only to the genealogies in First Chronicles as the least likely chapter to be read in the in the in the, in the church. Um, and you'll see why. And I, I, is there a chapter other than maybe chapter twenty-three here that's any more shocking and um, just outrageous and basically pornographic? than this chapter. Um, and I would suggest, and I will suggest this a couple times, I'll try to do this delicately, but I believe our translations have danced around the um, graphic and, and vulgar nature of the language here in some passages. They've sort of translated it euphemistically so as not to be offensive or any more offensive than what it already is. What he actually says in a couple of passages is more offensive than what we read. But here's the thing. Their sin is offensive. It's pornographic. It's vulgar. It's, 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 it's an abomination. It's abhorrent to the Lord. And, and so, I mean, you describe it in very abhorrent, offensive, repulsive ways. He's trying to penetrate their hard heads and their, their brazen foreheads. Um, and when you deal with the filthy business of sin, it's just ugly. And so it is. Uh, and that's, I think, what we're going to see. But he, he goes through this lengthy story. So this is a whole uh, analogy, illustration, fable, I don't know what you want to call it. But, but it's, it's describing God's people first as a baby. So 16 verses 1 to 7. Thus says the Lord God of Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. After your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling cloth. No eye fitted you to use any of these things for you, to have compassion on you. For you were thrown out into the open field, when you yourself were low from the day you were born. When I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you, in your blood live. Yes, I said to you, in your blood live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, and you were naked and bare. Make known to Jerusalem her abominations, which is Ezekiel's favorite term, I think, to describe Jerusalem 11 times in this one chapter alone. There's a lot of abominations to tell them about. Your origin, your birth were from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother was a Hittite. Basically, Ezekiel reads their pedigree. You know, and, and it's got, Jerusalem had paganism in their blood. Now, I don't know if he's trying to, to say they have Jebusite background and things like that, or if he's just saying they act like Canaanites. You know, they, they, moral, their moral genealogy is, is pagan. Perhaps he's saying that. But he says, when you were born, you were just denied all postnatal care. You were just thrown out in your blood. You know, you were just, you weren't, you weren't taken care of. Can you imagine just a baby being born and thrown in the dumpster? You know, unfortunately every once in a while you hear of that. But, but what chance to, uh, for survival does a, a newborn have that receives no care? I mean, you wouldn't, they wouldn't survive hours, I don't suppose. Uh, you can't, they, they they're, they're helpless, they're hopeless. That was Israel. You know, the life of this infant was hanging in the balance when God passed by, saw and had compassion for this baby's 
that, that was, was totally helpless and said, live, and gave her the care and, and blessing that she needed to not only live, but thrive and grow up and be a young woman. Clearly, God didn't choose Israel because they were so wonderful and special. God chose Israel when they were worthless, helpless, you know, couldn't do a thing for themselves. And uh, God was able to, to grow Israel into a thriving young woman, as we see in verse 7. Thoughts and comments. Jake. Uh, maybe neither. I think it's a reference to just the fact that they are morally, they morally demonstrate by their actions now they must have a pagan background. That's what I would say. But it may be, maybe there is some reference to their literal historical origins. But I've always taken this more as, by your conduct you appear to be the descendants of uh, pagan lineage. Yes, Yeah, exactly. It's God saying, let there be light. That doesn't do much when I try that. But but when the Lord does, obviously, he's able to execute his word. So when he says live, he gives them the conditions to live. Yes, what's Definitely. We need to remember how helpless we were before turning to the Lord. How much we have had to have depended totally on the Lord's grace and mercy and strength for what we've become. We are not self-made men in the service of the Lord. We were helpless and dependent and the Lord has blessed us. Definitely. All right. 8 to 14. Then I passed by you and saw you and behold, you are the time for love. So I spread my skirt over you and covered your nakedness. I also swore to you and entered into a covenant with you, so that you became mine, declares the Lord God. Then I bathed you with water, washed off your blood from you, and anointed you with oil. I also clothed you with embroidered cloth and put sandals of porpoise skin on your feet, and I wrapped you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your hands, and a necklace around your neck. I also put a ring in your nostrils, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your dress was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour, honey, and oil, so you were exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. Then your fame went forth among the nations on account of your beauty, for it was perfect because of your splendor, which I bestowed on you, declares the Lord God. So... As she grew up, she became a, a young lady, and God married her. That's the that's the symbolism here. He entered into a covenant with her. She became his. And he took wonderful care of her, bathed her, washed her, anointed her, clothed her, bejeweled every part of her anatomy that could be uh, have any ornamentation. You know, he took care of her in every possible way, just the very best of care. She blossomed into a beautiful lady 
by all that he did for her, first having rescued her as a baby and taking care of her, then marrying her and doing all this for her. She was, she was a trophy of, of what God's grace can do in transforming somebody and beautifying somebody. She showed the power of the love of God. You know, she was just adorned with everything wonderful. She was provided with the best of food. And, and it got to the point where everybody heard about her. Her fame goes out among the nations. Uh, she's, she's the, just the, the most, uh, you know, attractive and splendid woman around. Everybody knows about her because of that. And it's all because of the grace of God and, and how, how extravagantly he's cared for her. You know, imagine a husband that he just has done everything possible to bless his wife and make her into the best, finest Christian lady, the most beautiful woman, the most kind, the most confident, the most whatever, and, and, and really just, you know, had such ability to make her into a wonderful woman. That's, we don't have all those abilities, even when we choose to do that as men. But God did, and boy, he did a great job. And so she goes from, ultimately from being a, a baby thrown into the dumpster, basically, to being a, a young lady, a, a, a married woman that's just beautiful and stunning and everybody knows it. Thoughts and comments? Jay? Amen. Yes. No. done for us defies the scripture. I mean, and we don't we don't give him credit for. It. We don't we don't think about that. We, we, we sometimes we, we enjoy the blessings, but we never give credit to the blesser. And and here, clearly, she is not a self-made woman. This is all because of, of her her benefactor and now her husband. Yes, Rob.
Good point. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of promise when he chose them and began to bless them, morally or otherwise. Yeah, good point. Austin. Awesome. You know, I keep thinking about how the nations around him might have said, like, wow, why did you give all of this up? You know, you, you were the chosen one. You were so blessed. And yet God, now through Christ, it doesn't matter what background I may or may not have. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, all of the advantages that, that this person here had, this, this lady had, we all have that same advantage now through Christ. Yes, certainly. Yeah, we, we are in such a parallel situation. I mean, how could we not see the Lord's involvement from the beginning till now and, and how he's done for us even more than he did for Israel in many ways? Yes. All right. Uh, how about uh, 15 to 22? Played the harvest because of your faith. You poured out your olive trees on, on every passerby who might be willing. You took some of your clothes, made for yourself high places of various colors. You played the harvest, which should never come about nor happen. You also took your beautiful jewels, made made of my gold and my silver, which I have given you. You made for yourself more images that you might play the harvest with me. Then you took your garden cloth and covered them and offered my oil and my incense before them. Also my bread, which I, which I gave you, fine flour, oil, and honey with which I fed you. You would offer before them your soothing wounds. So it happened because of your God. Moreover, you took your sons and daughters whom you had born to you and sacrificed them to idols to devour. Were your hollow trees so, so, so small matter? Slaughtered my children and offered them up to idols by causing them to pass through the fire. Besides all your abominations and all of these, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, swimming in the blood. What an outrageous situation. She trusted in her beauty and took the beauty that her husband had, had, had given her and flaunted it and took the very gifts he gave her. To have affairs with all these guys. Uh, you know, she just takes everything. She takes the clothes, and she takes the beautiful jewels, and she takes the embroidered cloth, and the oil, and the incense, and the bread, and the flour, and the oil, and the honey, and the children, and everything, and uses them to accumulate a series of lovers, to pave the way for her affairs. Just, just outrageous. Can you imagine? You know, You've just, you've doted over this wife. You've just provided, she was, she was from the other side of the tracks. You know, she had no hope. She was from a poor family, had no education, wasn't much to look at, you know, had, had very little personality, no confidence, no security, and you just, you just transformed her over a period of years, you know, dolling her up and, 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 and encouraging her and blessing her and caring for her and she's just become a confident, radiant, beautiful, prosperous woman, and she takes all of what you've given her, and she starts using those charms and those blessings and, and her prosperity to try to attract gods. That would be so outrageous. You know, this marriage fell apart because she couldn't keep herself 
to her husband who'd done all this for her. She wanted to use all the blessings to flirt with all these guys. What a what a outrageous act against your husband who'd done all this for her. These were not her things to give. They were all the blessings her husband had given. And, and the Lord basically says, as if your actions weren't heartbreaking enough, did you have to include our children too? Because the children she had were children God had given her, and she's sacrificing them to these idols. You know, can you imagine? You're married to this woman, and she takes everything you've given her and everything you've done for her, and 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 gives them to these men to 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 have affairs with her, and and she takes her children and gives them to the, your children and gives them to these men. That's that's the way God felt. You, we ever thought about the fact that we don't actually have any children? God has entrusted us with his children. And every once in a while we try to commandeer them for ourselves. They are not ours. And have you ever thought about ways we try to sacrifice our children? On what altars we may sacrifice them on the altar of worldly success? and popularity, and academic or athletic achievement, or whatever, as we seek to dedicate them and make the most important thing in in their lives something other than the Lord. You know, we're given the children we have, and they are still the Lord's. We're entrusted with them to shape and mold for God, for His service. And all these blessings were given by God for us to use for Him, not to commandeer for ourselves and to use for our lovers. Verse 22, because besides all your abominations and harlotries, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare and squirming in your blood. You forgot everything I did for you. You forgot the way it was, the way it used to be, the way, what, what, what terrible situation you'd been in. If I hadn't come and rescued you, if I hadn't come and done this, look what would have happened to you. Look how pathetic you were. How pathetic we were. If it weren't for the Lord, we'd have nothing to offer those lovers. If I were the husband, you know, you you understand it's very wrong. Do you understand some of the violent acts of men who whose wives run around on them after they've cared about them, loved them, and all that? You know, you can understand that in this situation. Wow, what a what a horrible attitude. But that's us when we take all the blessings God has given us and, and devote them to anything other than the Lord. And and I just think, you know, we need to see our flirting with the world this way. When when we when we make anything else our our main goal when we give our heart to anything that that's not the Lord. And certainly when we begin to do things that are an abomination to God using the very blessings He's given us for those things that are so wrong. You know, I mean, maybe this, uh, there's, we can apply this so many different ways. But, but you think about how many of us have taken the blessings of technology and perverted them into doing things with them that are abomination in the sight of God. You think about the whole idea of our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
that God dwells in us. And then when we take our body and we use it for immorality, like I've told this story before, but like the guy I knew, talked to a few times, who was 22, he was going to a church that was more or less trying to follow the Bible. And he was so hooked on his porn addiction that it didn't even dawn on him that he was sitting in the church pew between Bible study and worship service looking at the garbage on his cell phone. And that, when he, when he came to himself and realized what he was doing, it disturbed him so much he took his battery out and gave it to one of the deacons. <laughs> That's outrageous. Can you imagine doing that in the church building between Bible study and worship service? Well, can you imagine doing that in your heart, in your life, that God is supposed to dwell in? You know, why is that Why is that bad in the church building, but it's perfectly okay in your bedroom? It's not perfectly okay in the place that God dwells in. God gave you your life, He gave you your eyes, He gave you the technology, He gave you all those blessings that we twist and pervert for things that are an abomination before God. And there's a zillion applications of this. But, but it all goes back to remembering the Lord as the source of everything we have. And when we recognize that, what a tremendous responsibility we have to honor God with the blessings He's given us. Thoughts and comments? Children are arrows, 
Amen. Other thoughts? Brad? Yeah, ingratitude in Romans 1 led to the depravity. You know what? We need to put ourselves in the place of this woman. This is us. And how we act in this way and how outrageous it is when we do. Absolutely. I know it's a little different because all of the blessings that God gave her were good and wonderful. And I don't think that God purposes like, okay, so I gave you these things, but I gave you too much. I don't think that's all what he's meaning. But it makes me think of in Proverbs 30, the prayer where um, the writer asks that you don't deprive me of everything that I need so I don't turn on you, God, but don't give me so much that I forget you. And I think that we need to pray that more honestly. Yes, yeah. Proverbs 30, we don't want too much or too little. And we pray that. Peterson. God, God wants us to use his blessings for his service. Amen. Alright, I think we're going to take a brief break. We'll take a prayer before we do that. Jonathan?